let's jump in. I'm going to read a true story. Now, this story is out of Texas, so if you know it's out of Texas, it's going to be a good story. Uh, I'm from Texas, so I, I, can, I, can, I can amen that. So I'm going to read this story. Come with me. In a small Texas town, Mount Vernon, Drummond's Bar began constructing on a new building to increase their business. The local Baptist church started a campaign to block the bar from opening with petitions and prayers. Nothing like a church to start some prayer, right? Work progressed right up till the week before opening when lightning struck the bar and burned to the ground. Some of y'all feeling sorry for this bar owner, huh? Mm-mm. The church folks were rather smug in their outlook. Sounds like some Christian people. After that, until the bar owner sued the church on the grounds that the church was ultimately responsible for the demise of his building, either through direct or indirect actions or means. The church passionately denied all responsibility or connection to the building's demise in its reply to the court. As the case made its way into the court, the judge looked over the paperwork. At the hearing, he commented, I don't know how I'm going to decide this case. It appears that we have a bar owner who believes in the power of prayer and an entire church congregation that does not. Yeah, that's funny. That's funny. God, bring it down. But they can't sue me. Don't take my money. Just bring it down. Don't take my money. That's funny. That, That sounds like us, doesn't it? (laughs) it's funny I don't care what you say that's funny but so what we what we get from this is is so true though it may be exaggerated whether it's true or not I think it's true Uh, whether it's true or not what we get from this is there is power in prayer and fasting and every year or I want to start off with this we believe that we should give God our first and our best so every year there's this month that comes around called January if you didn't know You're welcome. Now you know. It doesn't start on your birthday. It starts on January. And every January, we believe as a church that we want to give God our first. And so we set aside time to seek God through prayer and fasting. And every year, it's been amazing. And every year, it's just gone from glory to glory, meaning it's just gone from being awesome to awesome. And so we set aside this time to seek after God. And the reason we do this is because we want God to set the course for our year. There's nothing like waking up in the morning late and throughout your whole day, you're just reacting. You're not responding. You, you, you don't know what you're deciding. You're just going with it because you're running late. And so we don't want to start a year off like that. We want to start off a year quiet with the Lord and let him chart the course for our year. So every year we do this thing called prayer and fasting and we just slow our lives down. We cut down on a ton of food. We don't start off with sugar. We start off with water. You know, we don't start off with coffee. We, we start off with water. And so we get a lot of cranky, cranky people. Um, and it's okay. I love the cranky. It's very New England, frozen chosen, right? That's what happens. I didn't know that. When I moved here from Texas, I'm like, man, all these people are mad. What's going on? Y'all got all seasons. Y'all get snow and Texas just heat all the time. I don't know. I don't know how it works. But we set aside this time to seek after God. And if you haven't gone on this journey, I would urge you, I would encourage you to go on this journey. And I believe that this message is going to stir you up to want to go on this journey with us. And for those who have been on this journey, you already know. You already feel close to God. You already feel like you can hear him more clearly. The noise of this world has died down and the voice of God has just come up a little bit more. So, amen. And I, and I broke it down into three points. 
Prayer and fasting first is warfare. Now, when we talk about warfare, though it is an intense title, though it is intense word, prayer and fasting is not just spiritual warfare. I believe it's physical warfare. Because when we do something, right, when something is changing on the inside, something on the outside is also happening. And when we set aside this time for God, when we say, God, I'm going to seek after you and I'm going to deny myself certain foods, something in our body is happening. And a few of those things, one of them is hanger. You heard right. Some of y'all are angry because you're hungry. And so the hanger arises up in you. Um, that's when you know you, you, you're too much into food. The second is fatigue. Especially when you're starting, you feel really down. That, that's what happened with me this, this coming week. I was like, man, I am so tired. Don't know why. For those heavy sugar consumers and those heavy coffee drinkers, headaches come. And for the really, really intense, sometimes you need to ask a physician before you jump into a fast because this is so abnormal, is shivers and cold sweats. That's when you know, okay, like you should have taken it a little slower. You should have gotten ready beforehand. And these are just signs within our bodies that we're going through a withdrawal. And that withdrawal is because we're denying ourselves ordinary things that we put into our bodies. So a lot, a lot of us is sugar, a lot of us is coffee, a lot of us is Taco Bell, a lot of us is Five Guys, a lot of us is McDonald's, a lot of us is midnight snacking, ice cream, chocolate, all of the above. And you deny your body these certain things and you turn into a monster the first few days. So, but we, but we, we know that, that the enemy is using this physical thing, this hanger to tell us, hey, you need to give up because you're not being who you really are. You need to give in because, you know, that's not who you, you're too tired. This is unhealthy. The enemy knows that if we lose in the physical, this is why I say it's warfare, not just spiritual, but it's physical. The enemy knows if we lose in the physical, he'll affect the spiritual. And that's ultimately where he wants to win. That's ultimately where he wants to win. That's why he got us, a few of us trapped up in lust sleeping with one another. If he gets us here, we'll never know that it's wrong in the spiritual because we have a spirit within us telling us, hey, that's wrong, don't do that. But if we don't stop it, we will never know. We will never hear the alert in our spirit. Hey, you shouldn't be doing that. Hey, you should probably put that that drink down. Hey, you should probably give your life to God. We would never hear that because if he knows, if I can get you in the, if I can get you locked down, if I can get you addicted in the physical, you'll never hear the spiritual. And the battles are won in the spirit. And one of, one of my, every year I fast, this happens. The first few days, because I am a foodie, if you can't tell, you know, this figure is expensive. It really is. If you can't tell, every time I start a fast, my mind is like alerting me, hey, this is really unhealthy. You need to quit. You need to go back to that five guys cheeseburger with bacon and Cajun fries or you're going to die. It doesn't make sense. But my mind is telling me this is wrong. Don't do it. Don't go forward with this. You need to stop or you're going to die. No, I'm not. I'm actually going to live because I don't have a clogged artery or, t- or yeah, or towards the end. Of the, of the fasting, isn't it just like the devil to try to get you when you're almost there? At the last few days, 
that alert comes back to my mind, hey, you need to quit this. Yeah, you had a high, but this is really bad for you. You need to eat all that meat. You need to eat all that bad processed food. I don't know why, but I believe it's because the enemy knows if he can get me in the physical, he's going to win in the spiritual. But he, if he, but he knows if I win, if I say, God, I'm going to give you my life, I'm going to deny myself certain foods. He knows that in the spiritual, I'm coming at his throat, not in my name, but in Jesus name. Amen. And in Daniel 10, this highlights it perfectly. If you could throw that slide up. He said, now this is an angel in a vision that Daniel is having speaking to Daniel. He said, Daniel, you who are highly esteemed, consider carefully the words I'm about to speak to you and stand up for I have now been sent to you. He fell down trembling. And when he said this to me, I stood up trembling. Then he continued, do not be afraid, Daniel, since the first day that you set your mind to gain understanding and to humble yourself before your God. Your words were heard and I have come in response to them. But the prince of the Persian kingdom resisted me 21 days. Then Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me because I was detained there with the king of Persia. Now I have come to explain to you what will happen to your people in the future for the vision concerns of a time yet to come. The first day he started, the word was sent. And it reminded me of what I had just said, that the enemy would try to get me on the first few days to quit. Saying, hey, this is evil for your body. This is unhealthy for you. Quit. But on the 21, the 21st day, this angel was held up in the spiritual realm in, in a battle trying to get the word that was released on the first day to Daniel on the 21st day, which was the last day of his fast. And it didn't break through. He didn't get the victory. The angel, Archangel Michael, wasn't able to, to break through until the 21st day, which was the last day of his fast. And if Daniel would have stopped on the 20th day, the 19th day, the 18th day, the word would have never gone to him. I'm afraid to think if, if I listen to what the enemy is saying to do in the physical, might I lose in the spiritual. But if I stick the course and deny myself, like Daniel denied himself, he humbled himself, meaning he was denying himself certain foods so that he could see God. He, uh, to gain understanding, which is prayer, to pray and fast to God. What would have happened if he would have quit just to eat something, just to put something in his mouth to nourish his body. So I truly believe that there is warfare happening, not just in the spiritual. There, there is. There is also happening in the physical. In Ephesians 6, 12, it says, for we are not fighting against flesh and blood. We know this. The battle is not against you and I. The battle is in the spirit where the dark darkness is working at its best. But I have this promise of Matthew 11, that says that the kingdom of heaven is forcefully advancing and the violent take it by force. Now, when we pray and when we, when we fast, we are helping in the spiritual realm. We are helping the angels to fight the battle that we can't because we are, we are physical blood, flesh and blood, right? So we're not, I mean, if you could whoop, right into the spiritual, I mean, that'd be weird. But if, we, if that could happen, we, could, we would probably do it, but we don't. So we pray and we fast and we help in the spiritual realm to win and have victory. And how do we do that? Prayer and fasting, this is my second point, gives us authority. 
The kingdom of heaven is forcefully advancing. We are part of that kingdom of heaven. When we accept Jesus into our heart, we are therefore standing as ambassadors of Jesus, meaning we are servants. We are under the covering. We are children of God, and therefore we are part of the kingdom. But we do our business here on earth by denying our flesh and seeking after God, and that's what gives us authority. One of my favorite stories in the Bible that really highlights this is Mark 9. Now, in Mark 9, it has one of my favorite verses. Um, Don't put this one up yet. You can go back. Um, Mark 9 has one of my favorite favorite verses. But this story is awesome. And I'm going to start it off at the top. All right. So the disciples are arguing with the teachers of the law. I'm not going to read it all because it's really long. Disciples are arguing with the teachers of the law. And Jesus comes and tells them, hey, why are you arguing with them? And this man stands, comes to Jesus and says, I brought my son to be freed of this demon and your disciples couldn't do it. Jesus, really mad, says, you unbelieving generation. And then the father, and then Jesus responds with, how long has this child been like this? The father says, since childhood. And, and then the father says something pretty crazy. It has often thrown him into fire or water to kill him. But if you can do anything... Take pity on us and help us. And Jesus' response is, is amazing. He says, if you can, I kind of think of Chris Tucker from Rush Hour. If you can, um, uh, like imagine Jesus being like that. And then he says, everything is possible for one who believes. And this, I, we wrote a song out of this, this one verse. The father says, I do believe. Help my unbelief. And then Jesus frees the boy of the demon. Now we can go to this next slide. And then this is, this is what happens right after. His disciples asked him privately because they were embarrassed. Why couldn't we drive it out? So he said to them, this kind can come out by nothing but prayer and fasting. We see two things in this story. The first one is they lacked a greater dependency on God. They were with Jesus, but they still had this lack of dependency on God. And two, they had a lack of connection with him, which inspires faith. Faith comes by hearing the word of God. Faith, right, comes when you're hearing, but when you're also connected to Jesus. And we see, we see this in verse 19. In this same, this same um, chapter, verse 19 in, in chapter 9, Jesus says this back to them. You unbelieving generation. Jesus replied, how long shall I stay with you? How long shall I put up with you? Bring the boy to me. From these verses, we can make up that Jesus was pretty upset. We can hear it even in, as we read it, the tone of Jesus. How long am I going to put up with you? I mean, you don't say that to someone like, you know, you're trying to encourage. You're saying that to someone that you've encouraged and they're like disappointing you. Right? I think so. And so we see that he was upset because there was an expectation on them to be able to cast out this demon because they had, or what Jesus thought, they had the authority. But we can see that they lacked in connection and they lacked in disconnecting from the world. And we know this because there's a few times in the Gospels where the disciples are asked, why don't they fast? And Jesus has their back that says, why would you fast if I'm with them? They would be fasting to me, but I'm right here, so they don't need to fast. And then there's, a, there's two other times where he talks about prayer, where the disciples come to Jesus and ask, teach us how to pray. So meaning they don't know how to pray. And then there, the last time we see that they truly weren't connected through prayer is in the Garden of Gethsemane. 
Jesus was praying, you know, he's about to take on the cross. He's about to be betrayed. He's sweating blood. And he goes to the disciples, not once, not twice, not three times. He goes to them and what are they doing? They're asleep. And he says, you can't stay up for at least one hour to keep watch and pray. And he says the most famous words, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. So we can tell that they were crazy about prayer, though we see in Acts they're going to be crazy about prayer. And we can tell that they weren't crazy about fasting, though in Acts we're going to tell that they're going to be crazy about fasting. Because that's when the church really gets lit and the flame goes and the wildfire. And there, here we are thousands of years later. So we know that there, there is a connection happening. And simply, prayer connects. Fasting disconnects us from the world. Prayer is communication to God. When you're in a relationship, communication is vital to the relationship. When you have communication, you have connection. When there's a lack of communication, there's a lack of connection. So when we pray, we are connecting to God. And when we fast, we are denying ourselves certain things. Therefore, we're quieting down the voices of this world that are over us. We're, we, are, we are killing the vices of this world over us. And we're able to see more clearly because we're denying the loud things of this world, which can be social media, which can be YouTube, which can be TV, Netflix, all the pluses that are out there now, um, which can be food, which is a big one, because if you stop eating, you start thinking about food, and you, then you realize, wow, I only think about food when I'm going to snack on the next minute. So you kill all these voices, and you allow God to now be able to speak a little more louder, because he's never going to change the volume. It's your awareness that helps change the volume. And so when we pray, we connect to God. And when we fast, we disconnect from the world. And when we do that, prayer and fasting, now this is my third point, aligns us to mission. It aligns us to mission. Isaiah 58 says this. No, this is the kind of fasting I want. Free those who are wrongly imprisoned Lighten the burden of those who work for you. Let the oppressed go free and remove the chains that bind people. Share your food with the hungry and give shelter to the homeless. Give clothes to those who need them and do not hide from relatives who need your help. Now someone needed to hear that last one. Do not hide from relatives who need help. Now this is the mission of the church. And this is why every year we come to prayer and fasting to align us to what God wants to set the course for our year. If we're reacting, we're just reacting to certain things that are coming our way. But when we align ourselves in prayer and fasting, we can hear more clearly, what do you want to do through the church? What do you want to do through my family? What do you want to do through me, God? And it sets the course for us. And we also come in and ask us, how can we do this better? Because we do this as a church. We do this through our crews. If you haven't joined a crew, you need to join a crew because in every crew, we mobilize each crew to go through the city and the region of South Coast and to free the oppressed, to help break the chains off people, to share food with the hungry. We, even in our church now, have with Rebuilding New Bedford a home that we can help two families come off the streets. We are doing this, but we want to come at the beginning of the year to really help us set the course for our year. So prayer and fasting aligns us to mission and we do this through our teams 
Join the mission. When you come, you get the vision and the mission of our church. But not only that, we help kind of um, see what your passions are about and put you on a team that will help you grow and bring you to life. Time and time again, we've seen people come to join the mission. And my favorite stories all the time come from the parking team where someone is sitting in their car afraid to come in, but they see a smile on someone's face in the parking team and it, and it helps them walk into the door. My friends, that is the oppressed going free right in our parking lot through our teams. So when we pray and when we fast, we come under the covering of God. We come in alignment to the mission that was given to us. The reason you see this in the Old Testament, he's also prophesying into the New Testament, which we are living this New Testament. In the Old Testament, it was just an exterior thing. They would do it just to check the box because that's what they were all about. And even in the time of Jesus, we had the religious people also checking that box. They wanted to impress people. So a quick side note for history in this, the Pharisees would fast twice a week. Now, if you know about anything in the Jewish culture, they would fast one day a year. Every Jewish person, person would fast one day every year. It's called the Day of Atonement. But the Pharisees wanted to go a little above, and they would do twice a week. And we hear Jesus talking about in the Bible how not to fast, how not to come and look like you're fasting because your reward will be given to you. But those who do it in secret, those who do it with an internal heart for God will be rewarded much. And so we see this in the Old Testament, but God is saying this is what we got to be today. This is a church today. And I believe as a church at New Life South Coast, we do that. And we do it with a loving heart. And every year God is aligning us even closer and closer. Okay, we're, we're launching Brockton. Now we're bringing this to Brockton and we're going to Shirley. Now we're going to bring this to Shirley in the prisons. We're helping people that are bound by chains be free by the gospel of Jesus Christ. So when we pray and when we fast, we are in warfare. When we pray, when we fast, we have the authority. When we pray and when we fast, we are aligned to the mission of Jesus. And Jesus also had a mission. And he accomplished it through these two things, prayer and fasting. And he did it all the way to the cross. To die a guilty man's death, something that you and I should have took on, Jesus took it on for us. And he started off with prayer and fasting. He took 40 days and 40 nights and he fasted. And that's how he launched his ministry. And through Jesus' life, we see him going out from his ministry to pray alone, to seek God, because prayer is connection. Imagine if Jesus never connected with the Father, what would have happened? I mean, he was God, so he probably didn't need to. But he was still in human flesh, so he knew his flesh needed to be submitted to God. And so we see throughout his ministry, the only way Jesus accomplished his ministry was through prayer and fasting and the word of God. Billy Graham, one of the, the greatest preachers, um, crusaders in, in America and probably the world, he was labeled as America's pastor. He, at the end of his life, um, they asked him, what would you do more of if you had more time? He said, I would seek God and be in his word. And he finished strong. He accomplished his mission on earth. And I'm sure that every person who accomplished their mission on earth, who is in the next life, would say that I would seek God, which is prayer, which is fasting, and his word. So when we come before God in prayer and fasting, we are seeking him. We're humbling ourselves before him because, you know, some of us, we need humility. We're in America. We need some humility. 
A lot of us got on some, some nice clothes and we need to humble ourselves because we haven't seen what's going on in the world. We, we need humility in the side of, of, of the world and we do that through seeking after God. And when we seek after God, we gain his heart, which is mission, baby. When we seek after God, we, we have authority to speak into the spiritual things. Now, we live in New Bedford. And some of y'all live on the outskirts of New Bedford. But if you live in New Bedford, you know if you go from one street to the next, it's a whole other world. But you know on your streets, there's some people who need Jesus. And you don't know what's going on in each house. And when you're walking down or driving down your road or someone else's road, something in the spirit will tell you, hey, you should probably start praying for this street. And when we pray, when we fast, it makes us aware. And now we step in as ambassadors for our cities to pray in the spirit. Because remember what I said, when we win in the spirit, we win in the physical. So we sow seeds in the spirit when we're aware. And the only way we become aware is through prayer and fasting. I'm going to be like a broken record today. You're going to leave and be like prayer and fasting. Wow, I should probably pray and I should probably fast. I believe it. And so I truly believe if you're not stirred up about prayer and fasting, I, I, I don't know. I probably have to be that inflatable guy to, to, to get your attention. But you should and should want to submit yourself. Now, those who are on the journey through prayer and fasting, keep going. Don't quit. And those who aren't on the journey, I believe, I truly believe God is calling you. You wouldn't be in these services, this one or 11 a.m. You wouldn't be in the services and God talking about this. Now, if you would go ahead, let's stand up together. Prayer and fasting at its core is a willingness to trust in God to be the ultimate source and sustainer of life, rather than to act independently to fulfill the flesh. When we pray, when we fast, and when we submit to God, we are now departing from our fleshly desires and desiring God. If we can get the worship team up. Now, we can throw my, my last slide. So, mission requires authority. Authority comes with warfare, and victory comes through prayer, fasting, and God's word. Amen? Now, when I was studying for this, and I'm speaking to those who, are on, who aren't on this journey with us, you've come, this is your first time, or you've been here, and you know that prayer and fasting is happening, but you decided that it was a little too spiritual for you. As I was studying... I was also thinking about Jonah, Jonah and Nineveh, not Jonah and the well, that, that part of the story, Jonah and Nineveh. Jonah reluctantly went to this city called Nineveh and he called them to repentance. He said, turn away from your wicked ways because God is calling you. And as they got the word, Nineveh turned from their wicked ways and went into a fast and went into prayer. Now for those of you who who are on this journey and you think this is a little too far from you, God is calling you to repentance. God is calling you back to him. He's saying, go on this fast. Deny yourself certain things. It may not be food. You don't have to start off with food, but start off with the biggest vice in your life. That may be social media. That might be Instagram. That might be YouTube. That might be TV. That might be your phone. For the next couple of weeks, get, a, get rid of your smartphone. Get a dumb phone. And for those couple of weeks, just sit with that text at A, B, A, A, B, C. J-E, I don't know, you know where you got to tap it three or four times to get to the actual word? 
and, and, and come to prayer nights, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 7 p.m., Tuesday and Thursday at 6 a.m. Come and sit with God. God is calling you, and he's calling you back to his heart. You wouldn't be here for no reason other than God is calling you. You're sitting in this seat, and I'm here today preaching this word because God is calling you, calling you to come back. And for those, again, who are on the fast, just like Daniel did, he didn't quit. The word that you were looking for came on the first day, and you got to finish strong until the 21st day. You keep the course. God is, God is fighting in the spirit, and you, with the authority that God is giving, you are also helping in the spiritual realm. Remember, if the enemy can win in the physical, he can win in the spiritual. But if we can, us as human beings, us as servants of God, can deny ourselves and submit ourselves to God, we can win in the spirit because we become more aware of God's voice and be able to speak into the spirit. Amen? Amen. Now, before we jump into altar, we never want to leave without setting up a moment for someone to respond to the message of God. And we call this salvation, we call this a salvation call. And for those who, this whole service, you feel like God was tugging at your heart and you feel like, you're like, I can't believe I'm here. You've been, you just, you're just overjoyed, overwhelmed with the love of God. We're going to say this prayer. And this prayer isn't, isn't the end all, it's the start. The start of this new life with Jesus. And after we pray this prayer, we're going to open this altar. We're going to have an altar time where our prayer leaders are going to come forward. And they're going to pray with you. And they're going to pray for you. And then after that time, we have a room in the back. We, we, got, we got the steps made out for you just because we know how important it is to walk with this person named Jesus. In the back, we call this place Next Steps. And that place is for you just to go get some resources to help walk this life better with Jesus. And to also connect you to this community. Because we believe in a community you can last. When you're by yourself, the enemy will get you. The isolation will get you. But when you're surrounded by people who believe and by people who can speak life into you, you will live and you will make it. And so we're, gonna, we're all going to bow our heads. We're all going to close our eyes. And we're all going to repeat this prayer. We say, Jesus, I admit I'm a sinner in need of a Savior. Would you come into my heart? You can have my life, my mind, my soul. And I believe that you died and you rose for me. So have my life from this day forward. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. We hope this talk has encouraged and challenged you. If it was helpful, share it with a friend. For more info, visit newlifesouthcoast.com. Until next time, have a blessed week.